Thursday, it's actually the first day of the NFL. So I feel like we're really into the next season now, but we're going to talk about very poor auto privacy, potential strike targets, and the most expensive Toyota. Everywhere I go, the people really want to It ain't a land cruiser. Give you a hint. Definitely not. Definitely not. I'm telling you what, there is this special thing. Like today, this morning, I'm running. I went to the gym because now it's like dark in the morning here in Nashville because we're in a weird central time zone. Went to the gym and it's like everything was NFL and who's playing this <laughs> weekend and who's on the injury Eagles. list and who's questionable and all like I'm like oh, oh, just getting excited watching them I'm like okay yeah we're doing it we're doing oh, football boy. season I, I love know. it I I'm love football awesome. season I'm so excited too that we finally caught up like direct tv no longer has a death grip on NFL Sunday ticket so there's no longer that scramble of like how am I gonna watch the game today thank you wait uh, where's NFL Sunday ticket it's See, nah. YouTube Oh. Yeah, so it sounds like we're all getting YouTube premium subs. Looks something. like I'm about to get a YouTube subscription. <laughs> hey, you might be doing no more ads. There goes your ads. This is the this is the kind of gift we give you uh, here here at a soda. I'm surprised you know if Kyle didn't know that. Then there's probably a lot of people that didn't know that. I've been on Absolutely. that train for a while. Hey, we hope you're having a great week so far. We just got back from filming episode four of More Than Cars. And let me just say, it's going to be a banger. There's trick shots. There's amazing stories throughout the dealership. Kyle's and I, Kyle and I are downtown handing out cheeseburgers. Kyle's Isn't taking that? basketball shots in high heels. I Oh, I'm, I got a lot of flack for that one. It's, it's not, I don't know if it's flack. It, you know, this is one <laughs> of the things I take a lot of pride in. Of just like seeding the idea. Like... <laughs> And then watching it, it happen. Idea. Oh, sure, it was my idea. I was like, he'll do it. He's the Kyle's the kid that, like, if you dare him, he was like, oh yeah, oh watch this, but watch this. Granted, I didn't. That didn't start till I was in like college. By the way, when I was a kid, I would have been like, I'd have run all the way inside. When I was in middle school, you'd have not. You'd have seen my rear end headed out of that place. Uh, but but uh, he did. He 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 outperformed what I expected in the high heels. I'll just put it. I'll leave it there. There we go. Oh hey, we have a SodaCon coming up. Listen. Uh, the timer is ticking. We are less than three weeks away. Everyone, we're getting so much momentum and inertia around this. Uh, a SodaCon presented by Cars and Stream companies. We want to thank you so much for making this happen. Look, the folks at Cars and Stream, I'm just going to say it. They're thinking and looking over the horizon constantly, which is why they make so much great, such great partners for an event like this. Um, focused on collaboration, focused on spending time together with dealers and practitioners learning from one another, not just people preaching, this is how you should do it, this is how you should do it. These yes. are people that are saying, this is how I'm doing it every day, and this is why it's working. Let me hear your problem, and maybe I can help you work through it. And you know what's you know what I love? I've had multiple conversations with speakers that are on panels or doing many keynotes that they, when we ask them to speak, they're kind of like, I don't know if I'm the best one to speak on that. <laughs> it's so true. And 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 Great here's what's here's here's what's cool about that. I was I was reflecting on that yesterday because I had another one of those conversations. And the reason is is because it's not like everybody has it figured out. So all of these panels and and keynotes, yes, there will be people that have said, "Yes, this is the thing that has gone well, done well, things that I've learned." but that they are still works in progress. Like we're going to see work in progress happening in real time, 
probably on the panels where people's opinions and ideas are challenged and then new things kind of spring up because the way these people, they're not just resigned to, I've got it all down. Yes. And I love that mentality. Because that's a humble leader. That's a humble learner understanding. In this industry, right, there's no one size fits all. Doesn't exist. Yep. Never, ever, ever will. That's the beauty of it. So go to asoducon.com. Uh, get your tickets now. Check out all the speakers. Click through the different days and stages. See all the sessions. And listen, if you've bought a ticket already and there are already hundreds of people that are coming book your hotel room today because yes. we have the discounted hotel room block at 175 a night that's going to go up to like 375 a night the moment the block releases so please book it today we want you in the yes. main hotel and we don't want you paying an extra 200 a night if you don't need to because kyle beg borrowed and stole to get them to give us a 175 a night deal you this can't get it but we got it yeah all right, let's talk about some. Let's get into it. Speaking of stealing. Stop. Segway. It's a good segue for number one. I'm feeling like we're going to have I strong wish this was today. yesterday's story lead, and then yesterday's story lead was today's story lead because they kind of match. So. I know, I know, I know. You know, we were on site. A recent report by the Mozilla Foundation. Yeah, you know, Mozilla Firefox company, best known for a very privacy-minded internet browser, has labeled modern cars as, we quote, the worst privacy nightmare, highlighting extensive data collection practices from basic to personal information to sensitive data like genetic details. What? I don't know. What? I, there's a couple. Get that record scratch ready because there could be a couple of those in this story. And and OK, so here we're going to we're going to quote from uh, the, the great article that was posted about this is why we were worried that our doorbells and watches that connect to the Internet might be spying on us. Car brands quietly entered the data business by turning their vehicles into power data gobbling machines, says Mozilla in wow. the report. Like, well, why don't you tell us how you really feel? Right? When's the, yeah, I mean, here's, look, when is the last time when you entered a vehicle and were like, accept the privacy settings on your vehicle? Yeah, sure, whatever. You don't even have to do that. I know. And you know me, I'm a privacy like I'm 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 more freaky than you for sure on the privacy side. The study revealed that 92% of automakers provide minimal control over user user data and 84%. So 84% share it with third parties. Well, maybe they're wow. in the data business. All 25 car brands studied, including Ford and Tesla, did not meet Mozilla's privacy standards, collecting what they say is excessive personal data from medical details to driving habits. Notably, Nissan and Kia also collect data on users' sexual activity. I was waiting for that. What? <laughs> I don't know how they know. <laughs> I don't want to know how they know. And uh. also, 37% of mental health apps which are notoriously bad for data privacy standards, they actually provide better security details than the cars do. So Mozilla spent over 600 hours on the study, which is way more than they usually because they wanted to be thorough. Um, and it's worth noting that Tesla, where'd they rank on the list? At the bottom. Teslas were the worst at it. Yikes. How do we even, un I mean, dang, man. I can't even really unpack this outside of like, <laughs> record scratch. Just. Oh boy. This has been a conversation that, that people in the industry has been having. Uh, you know, uh, the Automotive Ventures Fund actually invested in a company that yes. wipes data. I was about to bring that up. Right? That yep. wipes data. But what's still happening so that's like, before the data like is wiped? Cell phone though? data, right? Yeah. Because so many people connect their Bluetooth and all of a sudden all of your contacts, all of your cell phone data is just linked to the car. But 
it's so much so much deeper i don't even understand like nissan and kia collecting data on users sexual activity is that because they're tapping into the apps that are on the phone that are connected via bluetooth it's, or it's got to be like it's got to be like reading different indicators from apps and this and that and all that where they're at like so i mean just and it just feels your like a driving fun. habits alone if you know where someone is going on a day-to-day basis yep. and that's not protected this is gonna I, like jeez i mean my, gosh it, this report has to light a fire under the industry that's the only way i can see it i know it i know it i mean the conversation's been coming up. It seems like an ongoing thing. Again, not like when you turn in your car and wipe the data or get out of your rental car. This seems like it's a flow of data, just like when you have Google on your phone or Facebook on right. your phone, um, but seems like very much less regulated or at least less paid attention to than it should be. I, I think you're right, Kyle. I think this is going to light a major fire. Um, I'm, I'm this, like, this now I'm really paying attention to yesterday, the hack, hackathon thing. <laughs> Yes. I'm like, y'all, please solve this. Like, just everyone turn their attention to this. I, I think that this, it seems to me that it's not as much like a, a hacking thing as much as it is like a data sharing agreement. Data sharing, yeah. And, and exactly. it's just like this new thing that's just producing and capturing all this data that somebody, somebody knows, right? That Look, person's getting fact, a lot of phone calls fact, and email because somebody man, knows what I, it's been doing and has probably been selling it to a third party, right? Like within... The OEM structure, right? Like somebody, their phone calls this morning. You promise. can ask Brian Kramer. Two weeks ago, he messaged me something about, uh, I, I don't know, the 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 Tesla um, uh, charging uh, connection stuff. Yeah. And I just messaged oh, right. him back and I said, Tesla is a data company. Prove me wrong. And he said, I can't. Yes. And if you know Brian Kramer, you know that's a major statement. That is so. a, Yeah. Because if he Let's, could prove you wrong even a little bit. or if he, he would try. Or even if it was worth <laughs> arguing. Arguing. He would, he would throw up a argument. couple contrary points. And he said, <laughs> he was just I like, got nothing. Stop. Speaking of getting nothing. Speaking of stop. And <laughs> arguing. Yeah, it's probably better. Definitely some people are going to get something when this whole thing is over. This oh is definitely boy. about arguing. Uh, in an unprecedented move, the UAW is considering a simultaneous strike against Detroit's Big Three. Hasn't been done in the 88 years of the UAW. The potential action involving nearly 150,000 workers could severely drain the UAW's $825 million strike fund. Uh, Strategists debate like the sustainability of a move like this. So basically, they have a strike fund. I didn't know this, but if they go on strike, each union member gets $500 a week, which is substantially less than they're making, I'm sure. Um, and potential health covers to help them sustain the strike, which is cool. Um, but, you know, $825 million goes pretty quickly when you have 150,000 people out. Well, uh, 150,000 times 500 is $750 million. All right, so everybody gets a check. Everyone gets <laughs> well, a week. That's a great point because that pivots to the other suggested strategy. Striking all three at once doesn't mean all of all the people at all three. So Everybody. Here, it's, here's, like the, it's like the end bottleneck, right? Here's a quote from Sean Fain, who has obviously been the focus of a lot of our conversations and nationally as well. He says, let me assure you the VPs, myself and the leadership at this level, the bargaining committee, committees, et cetera, we understand how to manage this, Fain said in response to a worker's question during a, a Facebook live stream. He said, we have a plan and come September 14th, if these companies don't deliver, they're going to see that plan unfold. I was like, this guy just, golly, you know, the more he, he starts to I was like this guy, he's, he's controlled, man. He knows what he's doing. So the strike would likely target 
key production facility. So they're calling this bottleneck strike. So it's sounding more like, <laughs> right, like a very strategic offensive. And, right. um, you know, so they're going to be targeting these individuals to get max impact of these bottleneck facilities. So we all, we all have already talked about the potential loss. One interesting point I thought I'd put in here is that uh, Baird Equity Research estimated that a simultaneous strike that lasted for six weeks um, could put 800,000 vehicles at risk. If it goes for 10 weeks, they said the industry is out 1.5 million vehicles. Goodness. Like, talk about... We just got them laying this, around. This right here is... I, like, I would be paying so much attention to this no matter what manufacturer you're a part of. This is not just about the big three. This is about the used car market over the next nine months. And if anything happens past two three, four weeks, oh, it doesn't even take 800,000 vehicles. It takes three, 400,000 vehicles to have a massive impact on rental fleets, on used car availability, on leasing, uh, on, on three-year leasing that we're running into from post-pandemic changes. All of that changes nine months and then changes the three-year horizon That's on right. leasing as well. So just watch out for it. It's like Yes, and and people have have talked about this. We've been through these strikes before. It's just something to be aware of if you're managing your used car inventory and understanding exactly what's going to happen in Q4 and beyond, and how to structure your business so that you can still be successful with waning new car inventory from the major man, U.S. manufacturers. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a hot September, man. I wonder what we're gonna be talking about at a soda con. Holy cow! Everybody's gonna be. It's gonna be hot. Oh, uh, speaking of making it hot. hot. Yes, I knew the Segway game was going to be okay today. It's going to be on I just fire knew it. You can tell the beginning. Seats, ready to go. So not wanting to be left out of the Ultra Lux game, Toyota has unveiled a revamped plug-in hybrid version of its prestigious mm. Century model, it's often nice. dubbed the Rolls-Royce of Japanese cars. And if you haven't seen it, you can check, take a look on the screen. It's beautiful. It basically looks like. The Rolls Royce of, of Japanese, Japanese cars. cars. <laughs> it, it looks, yeah. I mean, how would you explain this? This looks like um, a Rolls Royce and uh, fill in the blank. It's not like a, not like a Highlander. Kind of looks like a, yeah. <laughs> like a beefed up Dodge Challenger mixed with a Rolls Royce on with Toyota. A softer, with a softer, you know, curve. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. There you go. So traditionally reserved for Japan's elite, the $170,000 luxury car steel known for its classic elegance and superior craftsmanship will now be offered to a global audience, signaling Toyota's ambitious move into the inter international luxury market. Uh, the interesting thing is they are producing no more than 30 of the new century models a month. Uh, but they're not breaking down like where those cars are going and what country and what region. Um, it seems like they are going to come into the U.S. though at this point. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, we may see a couple of those vehicles floating around out here. The the vehicle, if you're taking a look at it, it's definitely meant for uh, chauffeured passengers. So Sounds it's great. Uh, it's it's not meant for like a daily driver or anything like that. I drive. It includes it. features like reclining car seats, uh, rear seats. Um, the ability to join online meetings directly from the back car. Uh, it is full on lap of luxury. It's the, the reclining seats too are like full lay down with, full with leg down. support. Yep. It, they look pretty cool. Uh, I will say this. How much was the Cadillac Celestic? Oh, 320. Yeah. Like this is like half the price of that. I mean, you think of ultra, ultra luxury. So 
and if you think ultra luxury, $170,000 for an SUV like this seems like a really great value. Um, right. I wonder who's going to sell them, like Toyota dealers? Lexus dealers? Both? Neither? I would think Toyota dealers. You think? It doesn't, have a, it doesn't have a Toyota badge on it, but why not? I mean, because eh. it's 170K, maybe. I mean, shoot, if you want a Sequoia right now, you're close. They're getting close. That's <laughs> right? absolutely I, true. I mean, it's unbelievable. Um, so there's an interesting chart. Uh, do you have it, Nathan, to put up? I love this. If you this, look at this the this annual growth rate of sales by vehicle price, this is from 2021 to projected through 31. Vehicles less than 80,000 have increased just about 1% growth. Makes sense. 80 to 140,000 are projected to increase 8%. I think that's because a lot of vehicles have just gotten more expensive and broken just into jumped. that. Yeah, all your trucks and SUVs are just in that range. The right. hundred dollars to $300,000 range, 10% increase. And then if you bounce up to more than $500,000, that's a 14% increase. So the luxury Golly, market- They're just projecting a lot of that ultra luxury market to come into play in the next seven to 10 years. Yeah. That's wild. And I yeah. think this is just, I mean, we're seeing this in real estate. We're seeing the trend in all, like people are spending money and these extravagant purchases uh brian ortega waves in uh weighs in and he says pardon me do you have any gray poupon look that's dating <laughs> you right now if you know what that commercial is brian ortega i think you absolutely need to create a video you should re that relives yeah. this moment you have to remake that commercial absolutely oh man i wish that's we had great. that to roll because it's one of the best bunch of ultra ever. luxury we're seeing this the market continually press into luxury uh sales luxury brands it's luxury experience uh, I think the question that was asked on the wheelhouse uh, last week was, hey, with all these lux ultra luxury cars coming out with mid-major uh, market players, are they going to be able to compete with the experience side of the game for these ultra luxury players when it comes to service and the way that they care for these customers and, and lifetime value? I think that's going to be the big trigger point for these manufacturers, understanding how to care for ultra luxury customers when they're not used to it as a brand. Ooh. We know a few who can pull that off, actually. It's possible for more to pull it off. We hope you have an amazing Thursday. We hope you go to asodocon.com. Check out the speakers. Get your tickets. We got a lot of collaborating to do.